Hello, and welcome to another episode of Scions of the Southland. As always, I am Akshay Ishwaran, and joining me uh, is a man that loves family vacations, Mr. Jake Grant. How are you today, sir? And actually, where are you reporting in from today? Um, I'm reporting in live from uh, Florida, actually. Um, not... Uh... I, I, I don't know. It, it's weird to be, I guess, not at my house or my apartment for the first time in a year, but I, I guess that's what we're doing, you know? Hey, you know, we've recorded shows in Florida before. I mean, it was only one, but it was a show. Are we seriously going to bring up the Tampa show again? Because that was, that, that for all of you out there that remember the 2018 South Florida game, that was probably the most angry I think we've ever recorded this podcast. I mean, it was also our third, second, third ever episode, uh, and it dragged on for like a good two hours. Oh, it was just us ranting for two hours, dude. It, yeah, it was it a was, lot more forecast than the product they get today. <laughs> yeah, it was a lot less refined because um, yeah. clearly we run a professional audio outlet here as I use uh in-ear headphones to record a podcast from my parents attic don't shame uh in-ear headphones that's what i used to and uh we both have tech degrees so you know that's pretty pretty technologically advanced you know what i will i will take it so on tonight today whenever you listen to this is show so we're going to go through some news updates um, and then we're going to do a bit that I have stolen slash borrowed from our uh, dear peers at the Total Soccer Show. Um, a bit on a holiday gift giving. And we'll, uh, we'll talk a little bit about that once we get there. But for now, Mr. Grant, do you want to run us through some of the non-rev news items that came across our desks this week? Yes, um, I believe we're still billing men's basketball's non-rev as a meme, um, but I'll start oh, with absolutely because uh, they were supposed to have a game out in uh, Birmingham against uh, University of Alabama Birmingham Blazers. Um, that game was canceled due to COVID issues. Um, not great. We hope they're doing all right. Uh, as per Twitter, they are practicing again, so that is good um they have two games coming up this week against unc and wake unc uh we beat them on the road last year uh, it was quite a good game beat down moses wright played great um all things we love to see um and then wake um they have first year head coach to replace danny manning i believe i, I think it's his first year steve um, forbes right yeah um we off the top of my head, I don't have a lot of storylines from them, but it looks like UNC's back playing decent-ish. Um, I'm not convinced they're world beaters, but uh, should be two uh, competitive games for the boys this week. Mm-hmm. Um, in addition, we have women's basketball. They had no action due to Christmas break uh, the week before that. They were coming off of COVID, so they're a little rusty. Um, Hopefully not too rusty because they play one of the best teams on the planet uh, on New Year's Eve at 7 p.m. on your local RSN. Um, North Carolina State is very good. They've already beaten uh, number one at the time, South Carolina. So obviously they can they can hang with the best. 
Um, and we're also heading back to Notre Dame. Not sure why we get a second road game against them. Um, that's what it's been in all the schedules I've seen. So go figure. Um, I don't know if that's an Indiana rule, but it seems a little unfair to give Notre Dame however many home games this year. But uh, that's a different uh, a different segment, I guess. And then uh, of note, the Notre Dame uh, women's basketball game is at four uh, next Sunday, and the men's basketball game against Wake is at six on Sunday. They are back to back on the ACC network. Ooh. So if you park your butt in front of a TV and you're uh, not feeling Week 17 NFL, um, you have a whole hour, uh, four hours plus of uh, alternative Georgia Tech basketball coverage. And uh, quite frankly, that sounds better than watching uh, Week 17 football to me. But that's just uh, my opinion. I mean, if you're a fan of our local football team, professional football team, I might add, uh, anything is better than watching them on a Sunday. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm sure you enjoy that on a weekly basis. basis. Enjoy is not the word that I would use whatsoever, actually. Fair enough. All right, let's get into our next little bit. So like I said, holiday gift giving is the theme. Obviously recording this two days after Christmas, so belated happy holidays, Merry Christmas to all of you that celebrate. So here's here's the central conceit here. The Total Soccer Show does this bit during the opening of the soccer transfer window, uh, which is right around the start of the new year, where they say, if you could give a club any player or any type of player from the transfer window, what would it be what would what would you add to the roster so that they can achieve their goals we have taken that concept and sort of molded it on to georgia tech athletics so here's our question if you could give an athletic program at georgia tech anything obviously to achieve their goals what would it be and why would you give it to them so jake and i selected three programs each uh, did a little bit of pre-work, obviously, professional outlet, uh, to write a little bit about them. Mr. Grant, would you like to start with your first program? Yeah, for sure. I, uh, I will say there's, I might throw in an honorable mention at the end, but I would like to start talking about men's basketball. And I realize, um, that what I'm about to say is a little bit, Haha, that's the most obvious thing you could ask for, but I'm pretty sure I have good logic behind it, so bear with me. Uh, and, and in that case, um, you've probably already beaten me there, but I would probably ask for an NCAA tournament uh, appearance this year uh, in particular. Uh, not next year, not two years. Oh, this- someone was someone is hedging against my uh, internal monkey's paw suggestion. Good, good attempt. Good yeah, I was going to say, I, I, I can hear you... Uh, you know, doing your classic Akshay voodoo magic. Um, but uh, anyways, I think uh, we all want this, right? That's that's something the fan base needs. It's something it craves. It, 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 it means a lot to the fans, but I think in terms of what it means to the team, it's even greater. Um, not to describe too much to it, but I think it's – we talked so much last week about – the playoff begetting recruiting, begetting playoff, begetting recruiting. And like that's football. And it's, it's, it's obviously not an apples to apples comparison. Uh, but Georgia Tech basketball 
just reeled in probably the best recruiting class uh, of the Josh Pastner era. And I think um, that is a great step. Um, but I think getting us to the tournament now, uh, which is intimately possible by playing a good ACC schedule, um, would help us out even more in that regards because when you know recruits see stuff like that, it's, oh, hey, Georgia Tech is a destination. They're having success. That's a program I want to join. Um, so I think that would definitely be a, uh, a, a thing like obviously stuff that would help that out is like the men's basketball locker room, which is still not a super huge priority. It seems, uh, funding wise, uh, that would get recruits heads too. But I, I think in terms of what that would do to like fan interest and recruit interest, you can't really beat that. Um, so the obvious answer is probably my slam dunk. You got any thoughts or no? Yeah. So. I think you touched on a lot of the recruiting stuff, but also this sort of, I don't want to go so far as to say it validates the password tenor, but it also kind of does if they were to make the tournament this year. I think we've talked a lot both on this show and in Digital Inc. and all that sort of stuff about how 2020-21 is the make or break year for Josh Passner at Georgia Tech. Um, Regardless of, you know, the, the monetary constraints and, oh boy, we've seen uh, those fall to the wayside very quick for some other programs. Um, but th- but that's, but you're right, this, like, just getting to the tournament. It's not even winning a game. Winning a game is, would be fantastic. I'm not going to say that that wouldn't be. But just getting to the tournament for the first time in 10 years, because the last time was 2010. Um, would be awesome. I, I mean, I guess it would be 11 years, but it, it, but it's been almost, I mean, it's been two full recruiting cycles. So two four year classes and then some since Georgia tech has made an NCAA tournament. And that's Actually, just- any recruit to, to further emphasize that point, any recruit uh, that Georgia tech is going after is a, 17, 16, 15-year-old kid, they were four, five, or six the last time we were in the tournament. Yep. And it's... Okay, well, yeah. it It's just... Fr- I think, again, this would validate the Josh Passner tenure at Georgia Tech. And also, you would be able to say unequivocally that his tenure... He has built a functional, a competent, <laughs> use whatever adjective you want, program at Georgia Tech after being, after slotting into that, you know, struggling to mediocre, but in a massive basketball crazy area, sort of, you know what I'm talking about. That, that yeah. As yeah. underachieving given its resources program, now it's a competent, it's a growing you you change the narrative on this whole on these whole five years with that one birth, I think. Yep, and uh, I mean, I was delusional enough to think that we had hope that we had a shot in um, in twenty seventeen, uh, but we all know how that worked out. Um, oh, but, but no, I totally agree. And and my case in point on this in in terms of uh, NCAA begets more NCAA success. It is exactly what you see when you look at the twin case studies of Loyola and Bradley in the Missouri Valley. And obviously that's a mid-major. 
Like Georgia Tech recruits itself a lot more than some random Illinois basketball school. It's also very uh, – it's a very Jake example. Oh, it absolutely is. Um, I think I have half a dozen family members that went to the school, two schools combined. But, um, but you know, you see a team that, like, they, they know how to win, but recruits also know who they are. They get the attention, and then they, they get quality players. And then those players, you know, learn how to win and succeed um, on a – conference and national stage and, and Georgia Tech basketball has done that like there's a path and, and, a, and a time when Bobby Kremens had us ruling or part of the ruling class of the ACC and granted it was a smaller league but it was still if not the best one of the best basketball conferences on the planet you know so it still had Dean Smith and Coach K exactly exactly and, and Jimmy <laughs> Valvano and Wake Forest is not a joke uh, of a program and Virginia Back in those in the before times before Danny Manning at all. Yeah. Um, Maryland too. you know, it's um, haha Clemson sucks, but um, everywhere else top to bottom ACC has always been quite good. And I think, uh, and I think that there, there's a path for Georgia tech to be a part of that. Um, so yeah. Okay. All right, uh, let's go with my first program off the list. I picked women's volleyball, and the gift that I would give them is a spring volleyball schedule. I think it's on the way. Uh, the, the Sort of the messaging from the team says that they're preparing for a spring season. Obviously, it's, it's up to the NCAA and the conference to sort of hash that out. But my point is this. This team was uh, – co-first in the ACC uh, in the fall based on that eight-game slate and them going, what, 7-1? Yeah, I think that left them alone at the top because I think Notre Dame lost twice. Okay, either way, number one, they should absolutely hang a banner for that because banners have been hung for less in other sports. Number two, absolutely let them play a full slate, obviously given safety protocols, et cetera, et cetera. Let them play a full slate in the spring and really challenge them against like the Pittsburghs and the Syracuses of the ACC, but also other good teams across the nation like, and really earn and really double down on that fall champions title. Yeah, um, it, this is a good program. We've been talking about this program for, for the better part of two years as emerging and growing and uh, like a hidden gem on campus. Now they're just flat out good. Like, I think we saw that last year. They are a good team. I think last year they had that strength of schedule issue, but this year, if they're playing only conference games and maybe the, maybe an Athens game, that's still a very, that's a, that's a pretty rigorous schedule, especially at the top half, because those, because you're Pittsburgh, you're Syracuse, you're, um, your Florida State, your Notre Dame, those are always going to be top half of the conference and nationally ranked teams. We're talking about a sixth ranked in the uh, coaches poll right now, Georgia Tech volleyball team. Yep. Let them pr- let them defend that sixth ranking. They'll do it. I'll call my shot. They'll do it. <laughs> yeah, I, I I don't uh, I don't doubt that for a single second. Um, and as somebody who's been part of the unstoppable hype train of Georgia Tech volleyball. I, I agree with you. Um, the, the, more than anything, 
they deserve a shot. I think that's mm. one of the frustrating things looking back on 2020 spring uh, for baseball and golf in particular is just they never got their shot. Even men swimming at, at the NCAA's, like they had they had their their qualifying times and they they were going to do something. They had gotten 24th with a lesser team the year before. Um, and, and I think that volleyball really, really, really has an opportunity this year. Uh, and I think they'll get one last ride in, um, with the, you know, the gang still hanging around, um, to make something else happen. But, um, but yeah, no, we haven't seen them in the tournament in a long time. And I think that that, uh, you know, it, I mean, it, I think, like people see Georgia tech getting ranked and, doing well in the NIVC and, and being on national television. And, and there's that vibe of Georgia tech is a program on the rise. People want to be a part of that. Good athletes want to be a part of that, you know? And, and they've strung together good recruited classes. They've strung together good performances. The problem for them getting into the tournament over the past, like what uh, I would say 10 years has been the fact that the ACC is a one bit league. And yeah. so it's, it's entirely, it's entirely possible that they might have gotten in. Um, when, when we say one bid league, it's for the regular season championship is an auto bid. They don't have a conference tournament, so it just comes down to at larges. If they had a conference tournament in 2019, I think they they would have done really well in that, which would have bolstered their strength of schedule, which would have sent them to the to the NCAA tournament. Yeah, they didn't get that chance. So here's where we sit. It, it all sort of flows back to your point. And, and you see you see a similar thing here um, as you do with like ACC softball being like, okay, there's a dominant power, Pittsburgh for volleyball, Florida State for, for softball. Um, and then outside of that, there's it's really hard for a school to, to get their name in the hat. You know, Louisville's pretty good in both. Notre Dame is good at volleyball. Syracuse is solid in volleyball. And, and we've seen the conference on the rise. Uh, um, with in that respect um but you know it's just hard to get your hacks in and and to even get a shot on the national stage when i don't know like georgia tech being better is part of what is making the conference a higher profile and i think Mm -hmm. one of the few blessings that's come out of covid has been the acc being you know uh, well the big 12 is very good volleyball conference but like other than that the ACC is the next man up for the most part. So, mm-hmm. okay, let's uh, let's move on. What's your next pick here? All right, um, I need somebody from the men's golf team to step up. Um, that's not an indictment on how they played. They are by far our most successful program in the time I've been at Georgia Tech in terms of wins in terms of rankings in terms of uh conference championships it is all I mean, arguably over the last 20 years oh yeah i mean they're they're they are the best program in in georgia tech golf or in acc golf history. And they're the best program that that in their own program's history yes i agree hey i mean bobby jones back back in the day he was probably a one-man program himself but um but but georgia tech men's golf um has gotten a lot of great publicity out of having Andy Ogletree and Tyler Stefacci go back to back um, at the U.S. Amateur. But I think uh, that also shows just how big of a void it's going to be when the two of them are gone um, as uh, 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 Luke Snyder-Jens um, ages out. I think it's Luke. Gosh. Um, 
at least I know how to spell the name now without looking it up. But, um, and then, uh, who else? Um, Noah Norton's getting old, you know, like there, there's so much, uh, that was accumulated at tech. Uh, Last year was going to be that year that they had, you know, the whole gang. It was all a bunch of old guys, a bunch of seniors. And, uh, we never really got to see him put it together, but if they want to not skip a beat, it's on uh, Brantley Forrester and and a couple of the other young guys to uh, you know make their make their mark on the program because you know there's only there's only five or six guys that get experience at any given time, so it, it it's high time to uh, kind of be looking elsewhere besides our big guns from the last four or five years. Yeah. And- See, I don't know a lot about golf. I will freely admit that, but th- there's a couple things I want to note here. Number one, it's the U.S. Amateur. Thank you. Um, you gotta you gotta pronounce it that way specifically in golf land. Uh, number two, um, this program is like the what's a good football uh, equivalent? It's it's sort of like the the Oklahoma, like the modern day Oklahoma of of college football where they're always at the precipice of being with like the big, big guns of the sport, but they, um, they just, it, they haven't been able to finish the drill when it comes to the, the national championship tournament. Actually, mm-hmm. Oklahoma is a much better example than I thought it was going to be when I started this sentence. Anyway, um, I, I, I don't know if they were going to finish the drill in, in 2020, that's not necessarily an indictment of the program. It's also that one, I don't follow golf, and two, we they just didn't get a shot. It, the the whole theme of these like winter and spring sports is that we didn't get to see how good they can actually be when it when it counts. Yep. Um. And in in twenty twenty, and now hopefully they'll have a chance to do that in twenty twenty one, and we'll we'll finally get to see maybe we'll get to see golf finally break through. Um, and, and some of the other sports ba- break through their barriers. Um, and here's hoping because you you're you have, uh, like you said, a roster of five or six golfers that now have to sort of step into the path of two U.S. amateur winners. Um, yep. And I mean, I'll, like both of them appeared at the Masters. Uh, Ogletree was golfing with Tiger during the Masters. Yeah. Obviously. You know, the Masters is kind of the only golf tournament that I watch every year other than the U.S. Amateur the last two years. So I don't know where I'm going with this rant, but they like I agree. I think having someone to step up and be that and and we said this, I think, before we were uh, before we were recording about another team. But having a top line starter on the team sheet is how I phrased it for them. Having the big name guy that can really uh, go out there and clinch uh, positions in in uh, crucial situations, that would be really really good for this team that has really really needed that over the last ten to fifteen years in tight situations. Yeah, and uh, I'm looking at the roster now. It's Noah Norton and a. Uh couple guys that like obviously i've heard of covering them in writing um but after that it's it's a lot of it's a lot of new faces we got noah norton uh connor howe you might have heard of um he's been he's been around a while um and bartley forrester who had a great uh 
uh, freshman campaign, um, Andy Mao, I've heard good things about, but it, it's, you know, it, it's time for the next man to step up because you're going to have to. Okay. Speaking of next people to step up, my next choice is women's basketball where uh, Kara Fletcher's presence on the team has been uh, sort of replaced by another person to step up. But one gift that I would give the women's basketball team heading into 2020 is for her to be healthy. That sounds very simple on the face, but let me let me sort of explain myself. So Fletcher has been out the entire season so far with I think what was graded as a high ankle sprain, right, Jake? Yeah, that's yeah. Uh, that was in uh, the Toddcast last week. So we finally okay. figured that out. Fantastic, got it from effectively the horse's mouth himself kind of um <laughs> i'm stretching for that um so every time that i watch this team this season and it, it kind of comes i think it was put on display very obviously in the notre dame game that we touched on a couple weeks ago every time that i watch this team i've come away thinking this team needs someone that can really penetrate a zone and sort of take away this zone defense, the trap defense that some teams are playing against Georgia Tech where they target the two bigs on the court in Lorella Kubai uh, and Norea Hermosa. They're, like, these teams are trying to eliminate threats in high percentage shot areas. I can totally understand that. It makes total sense as a, uh, as a defensive scheme. I'm all for it. But the, the problem is, Without someone like Fletcher, you have Georgia Tech sort of limited to shooting from the perimeter or taking mid-range jumpers, where I think what would be really effective is having someone just go right through the center of the zone, drag defenders towards them, and then pass back out um, so they can create space. Yeah. Um, And that is something that we haven't seen anyone step up and do yet so far this season but once Fletcher comes back that would be a really valuable threat to add to an already good Georgia Tech women's basketball team yeah I, I totally agree I don't have a lot to uh to add on that but I, I do think they've done a great job of having the uh having the next man up mentality uh but especially with how thin the team has been right. uh, just another man to, you know, put in the game when people are in foul troubles, let alone our probably most experienced player. You know, that, that's mm-hmm. pretty, that'd be a pretty big get for them. Mm-hmm. I mean, perimeter shooting is great, and we're good at it right now. Like We finally well, have. <laughs> yeah, it, it's fantastic. And, and I think something that I neglected to mention earlier is that this team, especially on defense, works as a collective, and they have this sort of, uh, collective engine, defensive engine that works really, really well. Um, it's just that even if you have all of that working for you on the on the offensive side of the court, you really basketball sometimes comes down to one or two players, and having a game changing player like Fletcher who can add that extra dimension to the offense to the attack can really help out. Yeah, no, t- totally. Totally works, and, and she does have the great uh, driving to the lane. So definitely, definitely feel you on all that. 
Okay, Mr. Grant, your final suggestion for a Georgia Tech sports program. Yeah, um, I'm kind of rolling mine all in uh, on the whole track and field cross-country department because they kind of operate as one, not homogenous, but relatively interchangeable mass. They share a Twitter account. They share a lot of uh, athletes. They share a lot of uh, sports staff and coaches. And I think that's something that is probably to its detriment, um, obviously financially very good. But I just wish that um, cross-country could kind of develop an independent identity from track. It seems like it kind of gets pushed under the rug um, at least a little bit. And I, I think we'd see a little bit more success if it was like, all right, Georgia Tech has a cross-country team and a track and field team. Um, kind of hand-in-hand hand with that in, in general. I think we've talked about this a little bit before, but these two sports, uh, as well as swim and dive, stand to benefit the most from endowed uh, coaching positions, endowed uh, mm-hmm. scholarships, uh, freeing up money uh, and operations for them and to be able to go after um, the best and the brightest. You know, we, we have a lot of very good and we have a lot of very smart and um and you know those those are sports that have a lot of kids like that so i think georgia tech definitely has an opportunity there and uh so yeah just kind of establishing that uh the the program identity a little bit stronger and um whatchamacallit um more identifiable uh, (laughs) you know less anomalous less amalgamous yeah i mean I mean, you had to look up that the 16th and 17th programs were actually, they count track and field as four sports. So, uh, yeah, I'm not proud of that, by the way. Thank you for putting me on blast for that. I mean, it's an honest mistake. They don't seem like different sports, but that that's kind of the point. Like Georgia tech has a great history in track and field, um, Olympians investment, all that fun stuff. Um, but we don't really have, um, not a lot to show for it these days. Obviously, women's cross country has had a great few years. Um, hopefully, they get a championship in in the spring because they might be able to make some noise. Um, but, uh, but yeah, no, it would be great to see uh, a little bit more momentum there. Mm-hmm. And and you also have a note here just about the facilities, and I think that goes back into the investment in the program right now. I mean, Dean Griffin track is is great. It's it's fine. Um, but maybe you add a, you add a locker room out there, you add, um, or nicer locker rooms than the, what's behind the, um, what's behind the TV studios. You add, um, more grandstands, you add lights so they can do, or better lights so that they can do night races. Um, personally, I wouldn't mind if they added a soccer pitch in the middle of the, uh, track but that's a personal preference, but it's increased investment, right? I think it just comes down to let's not only make cross country and track two independent, independent bodies, independent. Um, what's the word I'm looking for in independent elements of the, of the program of the Georgia tech athletics program, but let's also, uh, let's invest in them. Like you said, especially the endowed scholarships, and making sure that we're getting um, high-level talent and we're convincing them to come to Georgia Tech, both for their degrees and just for their athletic prowess. Because all that, all that's cyclical. It's, it's, we've been sort of hammering this drum um, the entire night, it seems. Like, facilities and recruiting begets 
wins, uh, which are measured, I guess, differently in track and field um, and cross country and all your time sports, which beget better recruiting and more investment, et cetera, et cetera. But that cycle has to start somewhere. Yeah, for sure. Um, I think one last thing to, to close it out, you, you did mention the facilities and things like that. It's been very interesting to watch the the old stadium kind of get chipped away more and more. And, and some of that's with, with work they did on buyers. Um, and obviously that has been very good to the programs over there. So definitely not a bad thing. Um, but it's just interesting to watch that change and not, not that like, Oh, there's nothing to replace it. Cause like, obviously there is some, and we, we have stands and, and all the stuff up there. Um, but uh, it's definitely, I don't know if you're going to put the money into having it, um, and Clemson kind of made the decision. If you look at what they did with their men's uh, track and field and cross country, but they were like, screw it. Uh, why even put the money in if we're not going to, I guess, go all in? Um, probably not the exact logic um, and, and still not a, a move I condone either. But, um, but you know, if we're going to have it, we're going to have the, it's good just to, to share resources and stuff like that, but we might as well uh, highlight it, I think is a better way to put it. Mm-hmm. I haven't looked at the projects list in a while, but I, I feel like there was a track and field improvement, like the, yeah. the locker room improvement on there for the fundable projects. Yeah, there is. Okay. I think they even released some uh, drawings for it or like tentative stuff. I'm going to look that up. Interesting. Yeah, I, I, I have like a vague memory of that, but uh, I wasn't sure. Yeah. Um. Yeah, it definitely appears to be on the hit list um, for capital improvements. I'm trying to see if we can get any more info. Yeah, a team suite. Maybe that maybe that's in the edge building. I don't know. It says it's at. Oh no, I don't want to email athletics. No, 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 no. Um, sorry, athletics. I love emailing you, but now is not the time. Um, Let's see. Uh, yeah, it says at Techwood and First. Techwood and First is... That sounds like it's in the middle of like DU, Teak. Uh, yeah, Techwood and First is the baseball stadium intersection. That's Russ Chandler's intersection. That's Fowler and First. But uh, no, no. Oh, Tech- okay, I tried. We're like the KA corner, but it also says the O'Keefe project is at Techwood and First, so maybe it's just not accurate. Interesting. Uh, yeah, that O'Keefe project is uh, interesting. I think we'll we'll put it at that. It's interesting. I mean, we could we could talk about that one for probably another fifteen minutes here. I don't know if that's in the schedule, but uh, not today. Not today. Fair enough. We have we have a long football off season to cover a variety of topics. <laughs> For sure. All right. All right. You have one more, don't you? Yes, I do, and this one is the most fun one. I am going to be talking about football. Uh so the one gift that I would give Georgia Tech football heading into twenty twenty one is a defensive line. Um <laughs> This sounds hurt? mean. And I I don't know how I feel about putting it out there, but but here it is. This defense did not do itself any favors this season, and it was sort of a, a another one of those cyclical things, a, a self-fulfilling prophecy where 
it struggled to get consistent pressure on opposing quarterbacks, which meant that its secondary had a hard time covering opposing wide receivers for extended periods, which meant that the secondary kept getting gashed over and over again. And this is something that we saw, especially in those last three games with Duke and NC State. And um, I don't even remember the last team that we played uh, at this point because Pitt, yes, where, where all of those quarterbacks are not necessarily what you would call world beaters. And I do realize that I'm saying that having been on the losing end of all three games, well, other than Duke, but you get the point. Um, on the other end of career days by all three of those quarterbacks, but there's a reason for that. It's not necessarily that the their offensive line's protected well, which, I mean, it's it's that's part and parcel of it, but Georgia Tech was not able to get consistent pressure on any of those three quarterbacks they had. All day and night to throw in the pocket, they were able to consistently find open receivers uh, that, in many cases, that were ad-libbing on their routes. They were just running around yep, trying to get open, and it, it happened again and again. Uh, I remember when I was live-tweeting some of these games, I was like, stop me if you've heard this before, but Duke quarterback Chase Bryce finds receiver on comeback route for first down. And it ha- and it happened in every game. So well, the the helpful difference in the Duke game was just that Chase Bryce was not very good. Um, I mean that with all due respect. Um, but Chase compared- Bryce now noted it, Appalachian it, State it, starting it quarterback by the way. Success. So it it's just that you like Chase Bryce was not like you said. Chase Bryce was not able to make full or take a full advantage of that. But Bailey Hoffman and Kenny Pickett, especially Kenny Pickett, were able to pick on pick on a tired like secondary that had been running around the entire game trying to scramble to defend. And like part of that comes down to secondary scheme. Um, I know that the type of defense that we play, the type of coverage that we play takes uh, a little bit of time to learn. And also these guys didn't get it uh, in a full off season, but at the same time, like some of it just comes down to, you need to get to the quarterback faster. And I've watched enough Atlanta Falcons football seasons to to be able to identify that this is a problem. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> that's on you for paying attention to them. But, yeah, no, I, I, I agree. I agree. Um, I think – and I don't think that's too much to ask either. Um, one it's of the, not, and I think help is on the way too. Yeah, and 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 that's a good thing too. Like, like you said at the beginning, we try and, and – tried to hone in, I guess, on, on things that were pretty realistic. Um, I, I think this one, um, especially for the bright spots we do have and, and the uh, reinforcements that are coming in behind them, it's – I'm not going to say it's the most doable. Volleyball is going to get a spring schedule. That is <laughs> inherently – It's happening. Good. It's just and, not released. I Fletcher is going to get healthy. Um, but but of, all the, um, of all the ones on this, I think that that is – implicitly is something that is possible so you're you're setting the bar very low <laughs> i mean that makes it a good thing to close this out on okay all right sure sure all right you said you had one honorable mention yeah um i do have one honorable mention uh baseball and that is just for them to have a season because uh, i think that was something we yeah pretty much universally agree uh, as a fan base that was the biggest shame from this whole, you know, 
loss yeah, for these athletes. Uh, it, it's it's coming. Fifty games late coming. Uh, starting with Eastern Kentucky, uh, February Valentine's Day weekend. So uh, yeah, circle that on your calendars because it's going to happen. Uh, we just don't know what it's going to look like exactly yet. So yeah, that uh, I mean, fifty games sounds like a normal schedule, but I know that there are some policies in. Uh, in flight, I think the out-of-conference games are pretty limited. Um, yep. So we'll be, I mean, we'll be ser- seeing a lot more of what has traditionally been a pretty stellar baseball conference, which I'm fine with, personally. Uh, do you have any team that you don't want to see? Uh, like, it, 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 baseball-wise? Yeah. Um. I, I like my gut wants to say Duke just because I know I remember that 20 was that the 2019 season where we played yeah. them a couple times and I think one time in the in the ACC tournament and it took us a while for us to break that ACC tournament semifinal wide open and I was They're very insane. concerned. But see, I like playing the tough teams. Like Boston College, that doesn't get me going. That doesn't fill the seats. But I, I see the point. We we do tend to have trouble with Duke. Um, we have du- we have trouble with Duke across a lot of sports. Is is the thing? Well, everybody everybody pencils them in as an auto win. But uh, oh, you know. Shade. Um. Anyways, I, I did check. Baseball is usually a fifty-four game schedule. Um. We okay. played sixty-two uh, in twenty nineteen, eight of which were in the postseason. So there's your answer on that. Womp womp. So much so much fun that year was. I, I very much so enjoyed it. Other than the ending, I uh, really hope that it happens again in the near future, preferably this year. Yeah, preferably. We got we got the arms to do it. So I, I think that can be our new year wish. Yeah. If, if that's what I have for the for the program as a whole, I will I will take it. All right, Mr. Grant, any other final thoughts before we wrap up here? Uh, nope, that's it for me. All right, listeners, thank you all for listening, and we will talk to you again soon. Take care, stay safe, and again, happy. Holiday.